Hey everybody, David here. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of Promenade Merchants. Uh, there was a bit of a technical issue. There was something going on uh, that was a little bit funky with Heather's microphone. Uh, so her voice got doubled up a little bit. Uh, we are working on that and it should be taken care of and rectified in the next episode. So thank you all for understanding and in the meantime, enjoy the show. So did you see the thing that I said about Morn? No. I was okay. Let, let me pull it up. It was like a question someone was asking. Let me see if I can pull this up. Uh, it was okay. It was uh, Captain Revo. Uh, he put up a poll uh, uh, whether it was either Morn or Linus. Morn won, obviously. Yeah. So, me, me being me wanting to stir the pot, I said Linus was an exceptional Starfleet officer who even caught the favor of Emperor Giorgio. <laughs> and I said about Morn, Morn was just a gossiping drunk who wouldn't shut up. And then I put in all caps, yeah, I said it, and I hashtagged hot take. Because <laughs> oh, that's all he did. What's up, cool cats and cuties? This is the Promenade Merchants Podcast, a Star Trek podcast out on the frontier. So sit down and grab a rock to Gino as David Majors and Heather Kirby talk all things Star Trek. Old, new, and what's to come. The Promenade Merchants are open for business. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Promenade Merchants Podcast. Your third favorite, completely independent Star Trek podcast. I'm David Majors. I am accompanied by my intrepid co-host, Miss Heather Kirby, fighting through the dreaded summer cold. Heather, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I got my Bajoran herbal tea here, so... Trying to make sure I survive this recording. Wait, so I got third favorite podcast. Now we're just keep, we keep lowering the bar here, David. We're the favorite well, you know, podcast. Well, you know, after, Not the after that, favorite. well, after that, after that whole Chakotay and Seven of Nine thing, I, I'm sure that I got some people mad at me for that, so... Well, so they're <laughs> mad at me, so why are they going to stop listening? <laughs> And then there was that thing I said about Morn a couple of days ago on Twitter. So, yeah. Oh, God. You can't go after Morn, man. Yeah. You can't go after See, I, 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 I'm, I'm a little bit of a troll. You, you got to reel me in sometimes. I, I, can, I can troll a little bit. And, and, but we're still here. We're still talking about Star Trek. And we're actually starting to get a little bit more stuff to talk about. Star Trek is starting to rev up. We're, we're coming out of space dock again soon. And we're going to jump in, Heather. We, we got, we got a pretty good amount of Star Trek stuff to talk about this time. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. All right. So for new episodes of new listeners of the podcast, uh, we do this with a little bit of a format of our own. We start with the old business. We'll go into the new business, things that are kind of happening right now. And then we'll look at upcoming business that, that's a little bit further out a little bit later. But starting with the old business, it was announced that Star Trek The Motion Picture, in all its glory, 
will be restored for 4K HD with the Director's Edition being fully restored with an all-new remastered soundtrack. Yay! (laughs) I am really excited for this one. Uh, I love the idea of seeing this particular movie with how visually challenging and visually ahead of its time it was in theaters. I love that thought. Maybe it'll happen. And we'll get to that in a little bit later in new business. Uh, it's been reported that the restoration will take uh, six to eight months, which tells me it's it's going to take a lot. And it will launch exclusively first on Paramount+. Plus. So time to start updating those Paramount Plus subscriptions, everybody, because Star Trek is starting to come back around. Uh, Heather... This is really going to be cool, I think. I definitely think it's really cool. Um, okay, i got to admit something to you. <laughs> We're going to lose more followers after I do this. See? See? No, no, no. I love Star Trek The Motion Picture. We all know that. That's not what I'm admitting to. But I'm not like the crazy film person who thinks that like 4k high definition really matters and it's not it's not that i i just can't tell the difference my eyes aren't that great okay people i can't tell the difference but what i think is really cool about this is that star trek the motion picture has one of the best soundtracks out of all the star trek movies and so that remastered soundtrack is going to be amazing so, don't, don't hate me for not giving crap about HD, but the soundtrack is going to be amazing. Well, you you did the exactly the thing that you're supposed to do. You you brought one thing up with the soundtrack, which is great, while also kind of downplaying something else. Uh, I am someone who can appreciate a visual film experience. I've said on the podcast before, I got to see the first Star Trek J.J. Abrams movie when it debuted and premiered. I got to see that in IMAX, and wow, was that amazing. So I can appreciate a 4K HD film experience. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I do think that this is the movie to do it if we're going to talk about Star Trek movies. This is the one, because this was, for its time, even in 1979, was so ahead of its time in terms of visual effects, in terms of graphics. Uh, This is, I think, maybe the best example of why certain films are so much more enjoyable on a big screen, as opposed to, say like on a computer screen or or on your TV. I really feel like this will be a visual spectacle, and I think they chose this Star Trek movie in particular for that reason. Oh, I completely agree. I actually, I got the chance to see the motion picture on a big screen uh, two years ago when it did a special run in theaters for the 40th anniversary of the movie. And it was incredible. So I do think a remastered version on a huge movie screen would definitely look incredible. And people would pay to see it, for sure. I I plan to. I plan to. Uh, Now, speaking of 
theatrical screenings for Star Trek movies. Uh, we're going a little bit out of order, but we're going to come back around. Uh, let's jump into new business and talk about the news from Star Trek that Star Trek Four, The Voyage Home, a.k.a. the one with the whales, will be showing at Fathom Events for special theatrical screenings in August. We're going to get a theatrical weekend for Star Trek Four. This is really cool. And, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this. I'm going to gush about theatrical screenings for a little bit. But I really like this choice of a movie because I think this is one that people can really rally around, Heather. I, I really think that this was a good choice. Oh, I mean, I definitely think it was. I'm going to admit, I know I have seen The One with the Whales at some point. It's been a long, 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 long time. <laughs> and I really need to watch it again. And I keep meaning to and haven't. And so the fact that it's coming to theaters in August would be a very good excuse to make sure I watch it again. Uh, because I am a sucker for special theatrical screenings. I really am. And I think there's just some it's a different experience watching a movie on a big movie theater screen than it is watching from like your tv your computer phone at home it's it's so um it's the way movies were made to be consumed so it's definitely something special and uh, I, yeah. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. Uh, and I love theatrical screenings like this that, that are special events. Uh, because from the anime side of things, this is something that happens semi-frequently with a lot of anime theatrical releases. And I have seen them become real big community gatherings. And I was saying they're almost like mini conventions when these things go down. Uh, for example, a couple of years ago when uh, the, the Dragon Ball Z movies, uh, Battle of the Gods and, and the movies from Dragon Ball Super were being aired in the theaters in limited screenings, you saw so many fans just intermingling and just celebrating their love of this franchise and it was such a fun event to be a part of more than just seeing the movie on the big screen uh it was just a great opportunity to be around like-minded people uh, i think that this is exactly what this is going to be i think people are going to be looking to get out I think people are going to look forward to seeing this movie. Uh, it's directed by Leonard Nimoy. It's got an environmentalist story. Catherine Hicks is in it, who I love in everything. And I I'm really excited. I will be getting tickets as soon as I can. Uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing some people at my screening that might even be in cosplay, because that happens with things like this. And... I just think it's really cool. I'm so jazzed. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I, I definitely, definitely wore cosplay when I went to the picture. The theater that I saw it in didn't happen to be that full, though, but I had been to some special uh, theatrical screenings in my area, uh, particularly of Doctor Who, which got huge crowds, like you were describing for the anime scene. So. Uh, the, 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 the the crowds are out there. You just got to hit it at the right time with the right movie. And I think The Voyage Home is, is so beloved among Star Trek fans that it's definitely going to be the one to bring out a lot of people. I, I completely agree. And then before you know it, we'll have the motion picture to do it all over again. <laughs> yes. All right. So also in new business, uh, Anson Mount, uh, you might have heard of him. Uh, tweeted. Yeah, he, he's he's an actor. You know, not nothing too big. He doesn't have a whole lot going on. No, <laughs> uh, he tweeted that Star Trek: Strange New Worlds is wrapping up its first season of production. It's it's nearly done, and while we don't officially have a premiere date yet, I feel like if they're this close to finishing production. We're probably going to get a date very soon, and dare I say, it might even be at the animation showcase at San Diego Comic-Con. Now, it's saying that at San Diego Comic-Con, it's going to be focusing on Star Trek Prodigy and Lower Decks, but Heather, I think that, I I will say, I would not be surprised if we get a little bit more from Star Trek at San Diego Comic-Con, because if we're this close to wrapping up season one of Strange New Worlds, I I think something's coming. Uh, Nope. No, you don't think so? Nope. I think that they know damn well what they're doing with Strange New Worlds. They know exactly how much everyone is freaking hyped for it. And you are not going to get any news until the very last second when it comes to that show. Like, they are going to drop it on you like a hammer at the last second and be like, oh, yeah, here's your trailer. By the way, it premieres like two weeks from now. Um, <laughs> wow. I honestly think that's what they're going to do. Um, They're going to leave you hanging in suspense for this show as long as humanly possible. Because, I mean, we got a trailer for season four of Discovery, and they, I mean, they only started filming a little bit before Strange New Worlds did. We got a trailer for... Season two of Picard, which started filming around the same time Strange New Worlds did. We could have had a Strange New Worlds trailer by now. There's no reason why we couldn't have, except for they're choosing not to show you a damn thing. Because they know that that's. You know more about Prodigy than we do Strange New Worlds right now. They know that that's just going to make the hype skyrocket even more. And they're not, and I'm going to tell you why. We're not going to get anything about San Diego Comic-Con. San Diego Comic-Con is going to be all about Prodigy, I think. We're finally going to get a trailer for Prodigy. We're 
finally going to get a premiere date for Prodigy. And so they know if they brought up Strange New Worlds at all, that would overwhelm anything else they want to talk about. So they're not going to do it. I'm going to tell you right now. They're not going to do it. You're not going to have any information until the very last second. That That's fair. That's fair. Uh, and Lower Decks, too. Uh, this panel will include Lower Decks, who, for my money, had about as good of a first season of Star Trek as you can hope for. Uh, expectations are high for Lower Decks Season 2, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're definitely high, but I, I think they can hit them. I, I think they will, too. I feel like there's so much love for Star Trek all over Lower Decks that they they pretty much... It almost feels like they can't miss because they just get it so much. that They get what people are asking for from them. Uh, people know what they want from Lower Decks and they're going to give it to them. So, if nothing else, if we get like a really funny trailer for Season 2 of Lower Decks, I'll be happy. But a little bit about Strange New Worlds would probably make other people happy, too. No. It's not, not going to happen. happen. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. You're probably right. Which brings me to a little confession, Heather. Um, I got to tell you, I, I hate to come off as entitled. And that's not what I'm trying to do. And I'm willing to be patient. Of course, last year with the pandemic, uh, the post-production for Discovery Season 3 got pushed off for a little bit. And that was completely understandable. And it's completely understandable here with the state of the world. But I kind of want some new Star Trek, Heather. I kind of want some new Star Trek. And I'm getting a little bit antsy about it. Uh, well, the, the, all, all I can say is one, one more month. month? Because, I mean, let's let's be honest, this, and it is literally actually one more month, because season two of Lower Decks premieres on August 12th, and we're recording this on Sunday, and this will probably be released tomorrow, which is July the 12th, so literally one more month, man! (laughs) Okay, you know what? That is, I completely forgot about that date. I completely forgot. So... You know what? Thank you. Thank you, Heather. That's that's totally cool. That's totally okay. I think right now, of the new Star Trek that is premiering hopefully in 2021 or early 2022, I'd almost say Lower Decks is the one I'm looking forward to the most. I think it might be. Because it just kind of came out of nowhere and was so enjoyable and so much fun for me. So thank you for telling me that. Thank you for reminding me that the next season of Lower Decks really isn't that far away. That's that's very reassuring. I really appreciate that. Um, or and to put it in our podcasting perspective, we only have one more episode after this one where we have no new Star Trek to talk about. And then we should have new Star Trek to talk about. Yay! <laughs> oh man, thank God. <laughs> so it's really not that far away. Um, but I'm ready. I, I don't know about you, and and I don't know about our listeners, but I'm ready. I am ready for some new Star Trek. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm ready, ready for, for some Me too. All right, so we've got a, one more bit of upcoming business. Uh, I thought this was really intriguing because I'll be honest, everybody, the Star Trek books and the Star Trek novels have never been something I've dove too deeply into. But this one really caught my attention. It really did. Uh, in 2022, April 26, 2022, there will be a Star Trek Picard novel entitled Star Trek Second Self. And this will revolve around Rafi. Uh, according to the plot, here's the description. Uh, following the explosive events seen in season one of Star Trek Picard, Rafi Musker finds herself torn between her old life as a Starfleet intelligence officer or something a little more tame, teaching at the academy, perhaps. The decision is made for her, though, when a message from an old contact, a Romulan spy, is received. Asking for immediate aid. With the help of Cristobal Rios and Dr. Agnes Girardi, and assistance from Jean-Luc Picard, Rafi decides to take on this critical mission and quickly learns that past sins never stay buried. Finding the truth will be complicated and deadly. I've said that coming out of Star Trek Picard Season 1, I absolutely loved Rafi. I loved her character. I loved Michelle Hurt's performance. And more from her, to me, is a win. So I feel like, one, this might be a Star Trek novel that I pick up and it would be the first in a really, really long time. I love the Rafi character. And and Heather, I'm going to throw one out at you. I'm going to throw one out at you. And and listeners, let me know what you think about this one at PromTrekPod on Twitter. Tell me what you think. Heather, you like the Doctor Who, right? You enjoy the, the yes. wibbly-wobbly and the timey-wimey? Yes. Now, yes. one big part of the Doctor Who franchise is the audio dramas, They'll get uh, Paul McGann. Uh, I know Christopher Eccleston has recently been doing some audio dramas. And when I saw this, I thought to myself, this could be an audio book or an audio drama. And, and it sounds really interesting. It Because I love spy stuff and Rafi working in Star Trek, Starfleet Intelligence is just really, really cool to me. It just makes her even cooler. I feel like I would love to hear this as an audiobook or an audio drama. I, you know, I think, well, most of the, the Star Trek novels, at least the recent ones, are released as audiobooks, but I think it all depends on who's actually narrating the audiobook as to whether it's good or not. I've never been a huge audiobook person. I'm, I'm a book nerd. Uh, and I'm a very classic book nerd. I like to have the actual book in my hands. Like, I don't use e-readers or anything like that. I've tried it. It's just not for me. <laughs> you know, I like the feel of turning the pages through a book. Uh, so I've never been a big audiobook person, too. But having a story like this adapted as an audio drama is something entirely different and would be really cool if Star Trek ever decided to dive into those things because 
I know, know the, 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 the big fam- Finnish Doctor Who stories exist. I've never listened to any of them, but they're supposed to be really, really good. And they do a really good job with them. And I think if Star Trek ever wanted to dive into something that direction, uh, there would be a huge market for it. Ironically, with my dabbling with Doctor Who, my favorite Doctor's usually end up being the ones that do the audio dramas, uh, with the exception of the late John Pertwee. Uh, Paul McGann, uh, Christopher Eccleston, and I think Peter Capaldi's done some recent ones. Uh, I, f- I love the idea of Michelle, Michelle Hurd reading this audiobook and maybe getting some of the cast. Probably not Patrick Stewart, because that would cost money. But... <laughs> I love that idea. And, you know, maybe I'm just going to put it into the ether and see if the will of the prophets can carry my word. Star Trek audio dramas. Who knows? But, but yeah, yeah, like, even, even the, the way, way that synopsis is worded, I'm, I'm not, not sure how much Picard actually plays a major role in these stories. Because I, I, as much as I'm not, a, I'm not a big Star Trek novels aficionado like some people are, but I have read all of the current ones, so all of the Discovery era and Picard era uh, ones that they have released. How was how was that book for Rios? That that's not out yet. Oh, never mind. Star Trek Picard so far. But the characters that I really like, I absolutely love. And Rafi is one of them, and Rios is the other. I'm really looking forward to fleshing out these new characters more. It's kind of the theme with me and my Star Trek fandom right now. I want new, 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 new. More new Star Trek. But but we're getting some, Heather. We're getting some. And I'm excited <laughs> about that. Because I, I'm just ready for I'm just ready for new Star Trek. I really am. 
apologies to everybody out there with that watches all star trek on heroes and icons i i I jumped off uh I have not been doing a lot of classic star trek viewing recently uh how about you heather have you no <laughs> not really um this conversation just reminded me i have a month to rewatch season one of lower decks before season two comes out oh that might be fun that might be fun that might be a thing that we'll both do that might be a thing we do all right well we'll brainstorm that uh in the meantime uh thank you heather uh hope you feel better soon Everybody, send Heather some love at NerdyGal33. She's great. Follow her. Follow the podcast at Prom Trek Pod and listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. It's it's all over the place, everybody. I promise. I've I've worked painstakingly to make it available for you at Prom Trek Pod. So until next time, when we get ever closer to brand new Star Trek, walk with the prosper. Live long and profits, and thank you for listening. In the bar and just talking everybody's heads off. It, I, I've never heard him talk, though. Well, yeah, that's... Everybody who insists he talk the hell off, I've never heard him say a word. Well, that's why it's funny. But yeah, I didn't even get any responses from that. Like, everybody just kind of glossed it over. Like, come on, man. I wanted to poke around and have some fun. Oh, well. Well, you know, the the British are, are all drunk and depressed right now. So, well, right. You can't, can't blame them too much. Well, no, suppose not. Okay. That will be it. I might, I might put that at the beginning, the the bit with Morn. I might put that at the beginning of this episode just for the laugh. Um. Okay. <laughs>